We welcome you into the house of the Lord for this morning's worship service. It's good to be home after several weeks. Now's the time for greetings or announcements if you have them. I should say that I do bring greetings from Richmond Hill, where we were three weekends ago, and then Northport, Florida, and Coconut Creek, Florida, the brethren and the various churches we visited. extend our greetings in case thank you greetings from my mom uh, she's recovering she's getting better and better but uh, s- still not out of the woods yet so thank you greetings from sister Millie's mother thank you greetings from brother Zoran and sister Adit's mom Thank you. Thank you for those greetings. Sister greetings from Sister Beverly. Sister Bethany thanks the church for all the care that has been shown in the passing of her mom. And our prayers continue to be with you and your family. Thank you. Greetings from Brother Craig and Sister Dorothy and from Strasburg Road, Kitchener. I have several uh, greetings written out here uh, that my mom wanted to pass on. Greetings from Brother Edwin. Greetings from Sister Elizabeth. She thanks the church for, her pr- for the prayers and seems as if her vision is coming back. She's very thankful to God. So continue to pray for that. Uh, the doctors didn't hold out much hope for the one eye. Sister Lena is no longer able to have visitors. Uh, She's not very active and she's often in bed, but she wants to be remembered by the church. Um, And if you do remember her, please also uh, keep in prayer her nephew, Derek, who had that leg uh, problem with with diabetes. He is currently in the hospital. He has low blood pressure, perhaps as a result of the hyperbaric treatments uh, he was getting to to, uh, prevent the, the leg amputation, hopefully. So keep him in your prayers. If there are no other um, greetings, these are the remaining announcements I have for this morning. The focus of this month of January is Hope Ministries in Brazil. CFG, we're going to continue the life of Christ, Bible studies. In case anyone hasn't heard yet, as Brother Doug alluded to, Brother Mike Palanakier, the elder brother in Windsor, passed away suddenly, unexpectedly, uh, this past week, and we'd like you to keep the whole family and the church in prayer as they um, deal with this, as they look to the Lord for comfort. A visitation is scheduled for Friday night and Saturday morning at 10 a.m., and the funeral service will be Saturday at 11 a.m. As a result, um, our choir program that was scheduled to, our choir visit to Avon Road that was scheduled for next week is going to be moved to February 4th and 5th weekend. And uh, we had planned a a program this morning, but we're not gonna do that this morning. We'll defer it to likely the 20th or 22nd, whatever, January, uh, the program for our own church. Um, We have then also moved the members meeting that was scheduled for the 4th and 5th to February 25th. So a members meeting on February 25th at 7 p.m. It's a Saturday. Lastly, uh, the area sing is this uh, is today in Ancaster Church at 7 p.m. Yes, the the midwinter sing in our church is scheduled for February 11th and 12th. That's coming up, um, so the calendar is already filling up with with different events. 
And there's a baptism, I believe, in, in uh, Windsor, the weekend of the 20th, 21st. Let's turn to the Lord. Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, who is coming soon, we pray to thee this morning hour as we look to thee, as we worship thee, we pray, please help us to be ready. Help us to be ready for thy return. Dear Lord, we know it's coming soon. And if we were honest with ourselves, if we listen to the Holy Spirit and his speaking this morning hour, he would reveal that where we are not ready and how we are asleep and how we are not prepared for our Lord and his return. So Jesus, speak to us this morning. Visit thy church. We know that thou dost walk among the candlesticks of the churches, examining, looking, seeing, warning, encouraging, strengthening. And we, we pray, dear Father, do that this morning hour in our church here in Toronto. We're weak. We desperately need thee. There is nowhere else we can turn, dear Father, than to thee in thy loving word. There is no man, no, no program of man, no uh, even sequence of words we could put together, dear Father. It is only thy actual presence, dear Father, in our hearts through the Holy Spirit, the actual interaction that we have with thee that we need. Let that be this morning hour. We pray this in the name of thy son, Jesus. Amen. Could this be the, the year the Lord returns in 2023? I don't know. Certainly when you look around, the, the, the signs of his return are, are imminent. Things are happening at an accelerated rate. And um, just think about the past couple of years, how quickly things can change. And there's a possibility that the difference between the beginning of this year and the end of this year could be quite a big difference. We don't know. But that isn't really the important thing that we know precisely the year or the, the timeline of events when the Lord is coming back in terms of a precise timeline. We have what we have in Scripture. We need to study that and, and, and believe it. It is more important that we live this year as if it will be the year the Lord returns, as if he is coming, as if we expect him to come this year. That's the important thing. And with that in mind, to help us to be ready for his return, let's turn to Luke chapter 12. a long chapter and I wish to with the Lord's help focus on the latter half of the chapter starting with verse 35 Luke chapter 12 verse 35 onwards <clears throat> let your loins be girded about and your lights burning and ye yourselves like unto men that wait for their Lord when he will return from the wedding that when he cometh and knocketh they may open unto him immediately Blessed are those servants whom the Lord, when he cometh, shall find watching. Verily, I say unto you, that he shall gird himself and make them to sit down to meet, and will come forth and serve them. And if he shall come in the second watch, or come in the third watch, and find them so, blessed are those servants. <clears throat> and this know, that if the good man of the house had known what hour the thief would come, he would have watched and not have suffered his house to be broken through. Be ye therefore ready also, for the Son of Man cometh at an hour when ye think not. Then Peter said unto him, Lord, speakest thou this parable unto us or even to all? And the Lord said, Who then is that faithful and wise steward whom his Lord shall make ruler over his household to give them their portion of meat in due season? 
Blessed is that servant whom his Lord, when he cometh, shall find so doing. Of a truth, I say unto you, that he will make him ruler over all that he hath. But, and if that servant say in his heart, My Lord delayeth his coming, and shall begin to beat the men servants and maidens, and to eat and drink, and to be drunken, the Lord of that servant will come in a day when he looketh not for him, and at an hour when he is not aware, and will cut him in sunder, and will appoint him his portion with the unbelievers. And that servant, which knew his Lord's will, and prepared not himself, neither did according to his will, shall be beaten with many stripes. But he that knew not, and did not commit things worthy of stripes, and did commit things worthy of stripes, shall be beaten with few stripes. For unto whomsoever much is given, of him shall much be required. And to whom men have committed much, of him they will ask the more. I am come to send fire on the earth, and what it will I if it be already kindled? But I have a baptism to be baptized with, and how am I straitened till it be accomplished? Suppose ye that I am come to give peace on earth? I tell you, nay, but rather division. For from henceforth there shall be five in one house divided, three against two and two against three, the father shall be divided against the son, and the son against the father, the mother against the daughter, and the daughter against the mother, and the mother-in-law against her daughter-in-law, and the daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And he said also to the people, When ye see a cloud rise out of the west, straightway ye say, There cometh a shower, and so it is. And when ye see the south wind blow, ye say, There will be heat, and it cometh to pass. Ye hypocrites! Ye can discern the face of the sky and of the earth, but how is it that ye do not discern this time? Yea, and why even of yourselves judge ye not what is right? When thou goest with thine adversary to the magistrate, as thou art in the way, give diligence that thou mayest be delivered from him, lest he hail thee to the judge, and the judge deliver thee to the officer, and the officer cast thee into prison. I tell thee, thou shalt not depart hence, thence till thou hast paid the very last mite. I've read to the end of the chapter. May God bless the reading of his word. Let's kneel for prayer. <clears throat> Heavenly Father, as we approach thy throne now, in spirit, we look to thee, the Lord of the universe, the one who is indeed coming to set everything right. In this world that is chaotic and out of order, where things are so upside down, and many cry for justice, the only justice, the only peace that will come to this globe is when thou wilt return. we have been given the duty, the charge, to watch. Heavenly Father, help us not only to be watchful, but to tell others, to warn while it is still yet time, to explain the dire situation, the curse that this world is suffering under, and the solution that is coming to set everything right. Heavenly Father, let no one who's hearing these words this morning, be missing from that ransom group that will one day be served by the Lord of the universe. What a thought, Heavenly Father, to sit down in the kingdom of heaven and to experience the fullness of thy loving kindness, thy good favor, to hear those words, well done. Thou good and faithful servant, enter thou into the joy of thy Lord. What a tragedy to miss out on those words. Let no one be lacking from that great gathering around the banquet table in heaven. Heavenly Father, we want to remember now those that have recently lost loved ones, the Weinhardt family, the Reinhardt family, the Kurtz family, 
and now the Pelinaki family that have lost a dear husband and father, grandfather, and elder. We want to lift up in prayer the Pelinaki family, especially during this difficult time as they deal with the sudden departure, as they come to grips with the fact that the family circle now will only be complete on the other side. Be with the church in Windsor as they experience also this loss of leadership there. And Heavenly Father, as thou hast done in the past, raise up men of God with hearts of service toward thee, with minds devoted to truth, with the fortitude to do what is right even when it is not popular, to lead thy little flock until thou wilt return. Be with our brother now as he would divide thy word unto us. Fill him with thy spirit, Heavenly Father, that he would be able to share forth words of life and truth, that the things that we hear, which were written so long ago, but yet still seem so fresh in light of today's upside-down world, that these very words would inspire him and that thou wilt give both encouragement, instruction, admonition, and hope to everyone that is gathered here this morning. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> Some of you may know my parents' place. They have a long driveway. And uh, years ago, my dad installed a dinger something that when you drive up the driveway, it sets off the, the bell in the house. Just to warn you that someone's coming up the driveway. When I was a young, young person, it would often happen, maybe on a Saturday or another day, where my parents had to leave, had to run on some errands, had to do things, and I was given responsibilities, tasks to do, things I had to accomplish. And they didn't say exactly when they were going to be back. One of my weaknesses, as, as you may well know, is procrastination. Putting things off. And I still remember the feeling to hear that dinger, knowing my parents were coming back. The time was up and I hadn't done the things I was asked to do. The consequences were going to be experienced in a few short minutes. You know, I missed, I didn't, my, my dad always used to say that the German um, dictum of Erste Arbeit, dann das Spiel. First work, then play. And I thought, I have all the time ahead of, of me. I, I can do, you know, I can do what I want now. Mom and dad are gone, and I'll do that other stuff later. I'll get to it. I got time. I didn't know how much time I had. Jesus here gives a much better picture than that. He gives a picture of a wedding. You know, in those days, I don't know if you know the context, you can get some of the context from some of the other parables and some of Jesus' other sayings, his promises. When, when a young man was, was going to get married and... Uh, Yes, the families had sorted things out, whatever. There was an engagement period. After the, that was a formal engagement, betrothal period, but they weren't married yet because the young man had to go and prepare his place where he was going to bring his bride. He had to, usually an addition on his father's house or some rooms, you know, where that young family is going to start out. That's why Jesus says, in my father's house are many mansions. He has an addition he's built onto his father's house for us, his bride. He needed some time to prepare that place. But there came a certain point when it was done, and he was now, he went away to, to the wedding, to, to his bride's family's home for the wedding feast, and then he was going to bring his bride back to his father's home, to now what's going to be his home, of his new family. Can you imagine the feeling of that 
young man bringing his bride back with him. It's late at night, they're tired, it's been a long journey, they come to the house and it's dark. The door is shut. The servants are asleep. What a disappointment. What a, what a, a letdown. That's the story he tells here of servants that are supposed to be waiting for their Lord when he comes back from the wedding. They're supposed to be watching. They're supposed to be prepared. They're supposed to have done the things that they were asked to, to be, have, have done as servants. And Jesus, in his graciousness, and as, as we prayed already, in his goodness, he tells us some things, some practical things of how we're supposed to be waiting as servants now for our Lord. How we're supposed to be doing. The first verse we read here, verse 35, let your loins be girded about and your lights burning and ye yourselves like unto men that wait for their Lord. These three things here, they're just a picture of preparedness. Loins girded, you know that? That's a simple, um, um, if you know the old, the old ancient garb, long flowing robes, but when you, when you wanted to work, when you had to do something physical and active, you take those long robes and you tie them up, you gird them around your waist, you, you, you uh, um, gather them in so they're not, they don't impede things. Have your loins girded about, be ready to work. Be ready to serve. Inasmuch as ye have done it unto the least of these, ye have done it unto me. Oh, that's the kind of service the Lord wants. The serving of others. How much have I engaged in that? How prepared am I to do that this year? This year when I expect, I'm waiting for the Lord to return. Imminently could be this year. How much am I engaged in that? In the service of others. Having my loins girt about And my light's burning. You know, in Scripture, the other parables about the virgins and, the, and having their lamps filled with oil. This light here could be the, the Holy Spirit. This light could be the Word. How much am I tending the Holy Spirit, listening to the Holy Spirit, reading this Word, being prepared? This is all about the first things he talks about. He doesn't say doesn't go right to duties and responsibilities. He goes to a state of mind, a preparedness. How much are we thinking about God's kingdom just on a daily basis, on, on his will for us, what he wants us to accomplish in our relationships, in our responsibilities? How much are we thinking about that? Is that something that occupies much of our mental thoughts or is it all just work, 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 okay, comfort? Now I can relax. Okay, next day get up, work, 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 comfort, relax. Save up, save up, save up, vacation, okay. That's not having your loins girded about and your, your uh, lights burning and waiting for your Lord. So I think this year, if we are going to wait for the return of the Lord, if we're gonna be those servants that are waiting, we need to first be prepared have a state of readiness. All of these things here, it's a focus on the Lord. Your loins girt, your, li your lights burning. You know, when he comes, he wants to see the house lit up. When he comes with his bride, he wants everything ready. A state of readiness. The focus is on him. It's not on me, on what I'm going to do in 2023 that's going to make me um, prosper or, or my kingdom to expand. That's one aspect. The other aspect here is to be diligent in the responsibilities he's given us already. You know, Peter asked a question after he tells that story about the, the Lord returning from the wedding and the servant's wedding. He asks, his Lord, speakest thou this parable unto us or even to all? And I love the way Jesus answers it. You know, he does, Jesus doesn't say, yes doesn't say no he turns around and he asks another question and this is the 
The beauty of, of, of the heavenly wisdom, the beauty of Christ's teaching, is it always prompts more from us, more thinking, more digging, more exposing. And he turns around and he says, who then? Who then is that faithful and wise steward? And it's almost like it's an invitation. He doesn't say to Peter, yes, I'm talking this, this parable about you. Um, the, the ones I'm going to put in charge of the church and, and you have this responsibility. He turns around and he says, who? Who is it? Who then is that faithful and wise steward? And he tells another story. He kind of adds on to the, the story. He talks about the manager servant, the steward. And this is an invitation to all of us this year in 2023. Who then among us is that faithful and wise steward? Who is going to be faithful and wise in the responsibilities that God has given him? Whatever and wherever they are. Each one of us, as his servants, have been given responsibilities. Whether it's for a lot of other people, just a few other people, people that we meet, that we have contact with. Who then is that faithful and wise steward whom his Lord shall make ruler over his household to give them their portion of meat in due season? Yes, I think the answer, Christ's answer, is focused on Peter and those that are given leadership responsibilities in the church, but the principles here apply to each one of us that are in that household, the Lord's household. Blessed is that servant whom his Lord, when he cometh, shall find so doing. And then he flips around. He says, but if this steward, this servant that was given responsibility, turns around and does not fulfill that responsibility, abuses those under his authority, doesn't give them the meat that's in their due season, and, and abuses them, beats them, and, and does what feels good to him, eats and drinks, the consequences, the consequences are very severe, he says. He's going to point them a portion with the unbelievers. He's going to cut him in asunder. It's, it's not only severe consequences, it's the consequences of severing, of cutting in two. So we wait for the Lord in 2023 by doing the things that he's asked us to do already doing them diligently, doing them with, with, with purpose, faithfulness, not begrudgingly, oh, I've been given this responsibility. I, I, I've been given this responsibility by the Lord, ultimately. You, you may think whether it's a church responsibility or whether it's some other responsibility that he calls us to and he says there's a need here and you need to do it. You need to, to share the truth that you know, to extend the love that you've been given. That responsibility has been given us by the Lord, whether it's in the church or as he prompts in his Holy Spirit. And, and we need to have that, that attitude of just of, of faithfulness, of delight in doing his will, of, of waiting. He's coming back soon. The beauty of this, of this story, I don't know if you missed it here, but the, the promise in verse 37 is, Verily I say unto you that he shall gird himself, the Lord will gird himself and make them to sit at meat and will come forth and serve them. When the Lord comes back, he's going to serve us. That's the, the beauty of the promise. I mean, that's just overwhelming. We're his servants. We're, we're his slaves. And he's going to come and serve us? Shouldn't that change the, the attitude with which I do the things he's asked me to do? So diligence in the things that he's given us. A state of preparedness, of a mental preparedness, of, of, a, of a disposition to action. How am I going to extend the Lord's kingdom this year? How are, how are things going to progress in his kingdom? And then the things I've already been given that he's called me to, I'm going to do those diligently. I'm going to um, look for his coming in that way. That last thing he says here, or one of, the, one of the things he says after this that I see, another way that we are prepared in 2023 is he talks about division. And I take from that commitment. How committed are you going to be to the cause of Christ in 2023? Because it could mean this year some painful divisions. It could mean all the way to the point, he says specifically, he's quoting from Micah 7, he says, 
father against the son, son against the father, the mother against the daughter. The, he, he, he lays it out. You know, it could come, and I know, brothers and sisters, where it has come to that, and it's been painful and just excruciating, where the division has come down to that level. And the testing, am I really going to cleave to my Lord, who himself experienced the ultimate division between himself and his father on the cross, the baptism that he was baptized with, he experienced all that. But 2023 may call for that. You know, we just experienced the Christmas season and, and the angels singing peace on earth, goodwill to men, and the gospel of peace that is proclaimed. And, and truly, it is a gospel of peace, a gospel of, of reconciliation, of real peace. But lest you get any misconception, Christ lays it out here. He says, no, this peace, this gospel of peace could mean some real pain and conflict for you. So, my servants, my beloved slaves, are you prepared for that this year? For the possibility of division? I am come to send fire on the earth, and what will I if it be already kindled? I'm not certain I understand this verse. But I think maybe one of the meanings is we talk about sometimes on, on testimony nights and provings about baptism of fire. And that could be, as he says, but I have a baptism to be baptized with. And how am I straightened till it be accomplished? This is part of being a follower of Jesus Christ too. And it could be in 2023. And it is worth it all. It is worth it all. May the Lord prepare us for that. May he give us the grace, not the, the heaviness to think, oh, it's gonna, it could be so difficult. I fear the gathering clouds. I don't know what's going to happen. Look to Jesus, the one who experienced all of this already. And in so doing, prepare yourself for his coming. Because it could bring a testing of your commitment. How do we not wait for the Lord? What are the ways that we are not to wait for him that will, will lead to a state of sleep? He gives some insight here. This is the beauty of Christ's teaching. It's so rich. You know, as I, particularly the Gospel of Luke. Sometimes you read the other synoptic Gospels and you think, though there's a little bit more, um, I can understand how these things are linked. Sometimes in Luke, it seems at first glance, first reading, why are these things said one after another? But there is a real um, uh, integrity to this. All these things are together for, for no reason, like even the last two verses, which we're going to uh, consider too. But he gives so many details here, and one detail he gives about here is the heart of that servant. Verse 45 But and if that servant say in his heart, My Lord delayeth his coming. I think that's a heart of cynicism. I think it's a heart of, he's not coming, it's getting longer. Look at the time. Shouldn't he be here already? It's a heart of, well, in that case, I have some time to do a few things that I wanna do. To evidently break into my master's wine cellar, drink some of his wine, abuse some of those servants. That's, that's the way we fall asleep, by being cynical, by, by not trusting the Lord, his promises that he said, I, I'm coming soon. I behold, I come quickly. Those final words in Revelation. By saying, hey, he's delaying his coming. And becoming cynical about the Lord and then about his household and then thinking, you know, these things are mine. I, I'm going to drink some of his wine. These servants, which are his servants, I'm going to abuse a bit. I'm going to feel the, the, the authority of my position or whatever it is. I'm going to make things comfortable for me. I'm going to basically take the place of my Lord. That's how not to wait. And it leads to indulgence. It leads towards slothfulness. It leads towards um, comfort-seeking. And by doing that, we don't 
We are not ready. And he says specifically, the Lord will of that servant will come in a day when he looketh not for him and at an hour when he is not aware. We are on the way down to Florida and on the way back, we listened to a bunch of these uh, stories. I think they were uh, done in the 60s, 60s or 70s. Good um, different stories that usually have a Bible um, teaching in there somewhere. And the one that I remember about this is about a, a teenage girl who's very popular at high school. She's voted the queen of whatever, and, and she's just the nicest, sweetest girl, and everyone loves her. But at home, she's complaining this and that, and why do I have to do this, and treating her parents not the way that, that a daughter ought to treat her parents. And it all comes down for her when her teacher comes for a visit, an unannounced visit, and she, from the top of the stairs, is giving her parents lots of guff and, oh, I'm, why, it's so late, why are you? And then she comes down and sees her teacher there. And the double life is just brought, exposed. And the acting is good. It's, it's uh, the kids, they can, even at their, their level, their age, they can understand it. They can see the moral here. And that's the moral here is that we cannot lead a double life. We cannot do a, a, a Sunday, I'm going to focus on God's word. I'm going to read and, and, and think good thoughts on Sunday. But then the week comes, the, the weekday, I'm going to do what I want to do. I'm going to build my kingdom. I'm not going to think much about these things. That is not a state of readiness. The Lord will come and that state of double life will be exposed. We cannot live a double life. We cannot have a position, I'm a steward, and not live faithful and wise. And, 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 and then the Lord comes and we will not be prepared. I think so often, my state of readiness is if the Lord were to come right now, at this moment, if he were to open the door and walk in, is whatever I'm doing, whatever I'm engaged in, could I look up and with joy greet him? Say, I've waited for you. Here you are. Or oh, the excuses are going to start. The, the painful squirming. Lord, help me to be ready. I pray that that's our prayer too. Help me to be ready. Because it can happen suddenly. Not only with his return, physical return to this earth, but as we've seen with, with Brother Mike, with many others, our lives suddenly. And then we will stand in the presence of the Lord and give an account. You know, these last few years, the difficulties, the changes, the challenges, maybe they've been a wake-up. They ought to have been a wake-up. If they tested us and, and pushed us in ways we did not expect, with outcomes that, frankly speaking, we're not proud of. But the good thing is, that's the wake-up call. That's the point. Lord, help me to be ready. Help me to gird up my loins, to have my light burning, to be watching for your return. Here's a wake-up for me. Help me to be ready. Because one of the other things he says here in 54, verses 54 onward, is that we can be obtuse even about the signs of the times, that we cannot discern. Christ is saying to the crowd of people, he said also to the people, when you see a cloud rise out of the west, straightway you see there cometh a shower. You know your geography of the Middle East, the west, that's the Mediterranean. You see a cloud coming, yep. It's going to bring in moisture from the Mediterranean, there's going to be rain on the land. And when you see a south wind, that's the desert, right, the Negev. Uh, when you see a south wind blow, you say there will be heat. Yep, that, that, that makes sense. We can see these signs clearly. And he turns around and he says, Ye hypocrites, ye can discern the face of the sky and of the earth, but how is it that ye do not discern this time? And he was talking about his coming then. But the same principle can apply to his second coming. How can we not discern this time, the time that we are living in now? Christ's teaching are so distinct. His calling is so different from everything in this world. That difference should be the, the spark, that, 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 excuse the term, that weirdness. The gospel is weird in, in, in the truest sense, that it's not like our expectations, it's not like the power structures of this world, it's not like the, 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 uh, 
the, the give and get of our typical relations, it is so different. And that weirdness, that difference that Christ teaches, his teachings, that should help us to discern how we need to live differently in this time. My friend outside of Christ, these last two verses apply to you. When thou goest with thine adversary to the magistrate, as thou art in the way, give diligence that thou mayest be delivered from him, lest he hail thee to the judge, and the judge deliver thee to the officer, and the officer cast thee into prison. I tell thee, thou shalt not depart thence till thou hast paid the very last might. The reason I say that is in the context of how this is mentioned in, in Matthew 5 in a different context, and this is the beauty of, this, of Christ's teaching. It has so many facets. Put it together with this context of what we read of being prepared for the Lord and his coming. My friend outside of Christ, the Lord is offering you an out-of-court settlement now. He's offering you a chance to settle with him so that he is no longer your adversary, so that you don't go into court and stand before him on that judgment day and have a penalty laid on you that you will never be able to pay. You will not depart till you have paid the very last mite, and there's no way that you can pay my friend outside of Christ. You want to be ready for his return? Make right with him now, today. Agree with thine adversary while thou, thou art in the way. Agree to his demands because they are so gracious and they're so good. They're the best thing for your soul. When he says, give up something, yes, Lord, I will. That's, it's not meat for your kingdom. It's not what a servant should be engaged in. When he says, make right with this person, yes, I will do that. I will, I will with all my power, and with what grace you've given me, I will extend, I will make right. Because there is coming a, a day, a judgment day, my friend, outside of Christ. My, my, my brother and my sister, the promise we have is so great. You know, the world just marked the passing of 2022. Going to 2023, there was a lot of celebration, a lot of fireworks. You gotta think, what really are they celebrating? What really do they hope for? There's some vague hope, and a lot of people are saying, mm, recession coming probably. Some vague hope, well, hopefully this year will be better than the last one, hopefully. Brother and sister, we have the greatest promise we have the promise of the Lord coming himself to serve us, to sit down at his banquet feast, if, just if we're waiting. He, he, he doesn't, this parable, the beautiful thing here is, is, isn't that he gave the, the um, examples of the servants doing all these great and hard and difficult tasks. It was simple things. It was an attitude of readiness. It was doing what was before us, doing the things we've been asked to do. Simple things, just small things. That's how we'd be ready. Not some oh, I have to do all this, I do have to do all that. No. The beauty of this is that it's very simple, it's very small, and the Lord himself, the reward is so great. That's what we have to look forward to in 2023. May God bless his word, may he encourage us, may he help us to be ready to not be asleep, not be wrapped up in our own things, but to look to further his kingdom. Older brother, please find a hymn. Hymn number 304, 304. <clears throat> <clears throat>
brother lead us in prayer? And Lord, as a church, as a bride, we want to be ready. And so we ask that you show us which uh, burdens of this world we need to get rid of, um, the sins, some that we might know of, some that we might not know of, that we might repent of those and ask for, for forgiveness of those so that we might have a clear conscience before your return and so that we might uh, do things in liberty for you, Lord. Uh, this is not a message of discouragement, Lord, but um, a message of hope and conviction that you have given us through your word that you spoke uh, many, many years ago, but it's still alive today, Lord. Um, as, as you're approaching, Lord, we, we, know that, we know that there will be, we, there might be hard times, there might be difficult times that we can see ahead of us, um, but we know that your prayer is that our faith might not be lessened, that it might not go away, but that we might still hold faith in you. Um, Lord, let us submit to this. Let us free ourselves of all the cares of this world. Um, and let us strengthen each other and encourage each other constantly. And uh, hopefully as um, we die to ourselves, Lord, and our own self-life, that there will be a fruit springing. Um, as the seed dies, so the tree grows, Lord. So we pray that this is our hope. We, we know in confidence that um, this is what you want from us and that you will reward us and, and, that, um, and that you want to meet us one day, Lord. So let us not uh, look in, ang in anxiety or worry, but let us look in pure hope and in joy for your return. In Jesus' name, amen. So, brother, please find a concluding hymn. Perhaps it would be appropriate to sing hymn number 56. Let's sing the first and the last verses.
at work, sometimes I have the opportunity to listen to sermons. Sometimes I'm doing things that I can kind of do with my hands and eyes and keeps my, my mind free to be able to concentrate on spoken word, which otherwise is difficult, especially if you're really trying to focus on a task. Anyway, all of that to be said that um, I have quite a few sermons on my computer at work. Uh, some of you may be aware of the Heritage series that Mansfield put out a while ago. There's a number of sermons from our former serving elder, Brother Mike Bauman, as well as uh, about 300-odd sermons from Brother George Friend. And I've listened to almost all of them now. I think I may have finished the last one just this week. But the day before Brother Mike Pelanaki passed away, Brother George had a, had a habit at the end of the service to finish with a poem. And he read a poem that, I'm like him, I enjoy poetry, but I'm hopeless at writing it. And uh, he, he shared this poem, and I was at my computer, so right away I opened up a fresh browser window for Google and put in the first few lines to find it, and then I found the text from it, copied it, put it in an email to myself, and sent it home, just so I could have a record of it. The next day, I heard the news that Brother Mike passed away. He was, he was very close to our family. I spent a lot of time at his house. His boys are our ages. They were kind of like a second set of parents in Windsor to us. And it was all very sudden. The, the, the title of the poem is Quite Suddenly. And this is what Brother George read, who himself also departed from this life quite suddenly, as you may remember. Quite suddenly, it may at the turning of a lane, where I stand to watch a skylark, skylark, skylark soar from out of the swelling grain, that the trump of God shall thrill me with its call so loud and clear, and I'm called away to meet him, whom of all I hold most dear. Quite suddenly, it may be in his house, I bend my knee, when a kingly voice long hoped for comes at last to summon me. And the fellowship of earth life that has seemed so passing sweet proves nothing but the shadow of our meeting round his feet. Quite suddenly, quite suddenly, quite suddenly it may be as I lie in dreamless sleep, God's gift to many a sorrowing heart with no more tears to weep, that a call shall break my slumber and a voice sound in my ear. Rise up, my love, and come away. Behold, the bridegroom's here. Quite suddenly, quite suddenly, quite suddenly. May the Lord add whatever was lacking to what was said. Amen.